Hey, my name's Erica, creator and founder of the I Love You Insert Name podcast and blog, and I'm so happy you're here. Our community is simple. All you have to do to join the movement is insert your name in the blank space. On today's episode, Chloe and I discuss dysfunctional families, staying present, and music that feeds the soul. She's one of my dearest friends, and I am so excited to share with all of you what she had to say. that you're my first guest on this podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Are you surprised? Surprised that you're my first guest? No, not at all. <laughs> when you told me, I was like, of course. I you're, was like, of course I'm going to be your first yeah, guest. Yeah, you're a Leo, so naturally you're like, let's let's do this. I'm like, spotlight, please. Not too, like, not too much of the spotlight. You know, I don't want it to be overwhelming. I want people to know that I want a spotlight, but secretly... Yeah, yeah, you you want a full circle spotlight. Yes. Um, so, Chloe, you're one of my dearest friends. I am. Do you want to tell people a little bit about yourself so they can get to know you? Of course I do. Um, hi, my name is Chloe. I am a Leo, as you just discovered, <laughs> <laughs> surrounded by Capricorns in my life, whom I adore. Mm-hmm. We are grounding energy. They keep me grounded. Yes. Um, so I'm 28, and I've always been, like, I describe myself as Louisiana-bound. You know, I grew up in Kenner, um, which is, like, a greater New Orleans area. So you kind of are rooted in this, like, festival lifestyle and got, I don't want to say uprooted, but <clears throat> I moved to a very rural area, Sulphur, when I was about 10 years old. And Where the hell is Sulphur? Sulphur is about 15 minutes away from, like, the Texas border. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... It's far. It's country. It's pretty much Texas. Yup. And not Louisiana. Rodeos, something I, like, never had experienced until I went there. Four-wheelers, you know, not really too much to do, but be out and uh, do a little bonfire. Some s'mores, a lot of s'mores. So, um... You know, I lived out there for a while, and uh, I grew up in a dysfunctional family. Haven't we all? Haven't we all? We're all, and you know, I think that's a beauty now, like at the age I'm at, to realize that you think you're so different, and then when you really like put a scope to everybody, we're really all the same. And that's something I've realized now at, like, 28, that even though my family was dysfunctional and, you know, I had a lot of religious trauma between, um, you know, my mother's family's religion's choice and my dad not really fully grounding himself in something. He used to call himself uh, a cafeteria Catholic. You get to pick and choose what you believe in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I never, I never understood that. Like, I understand it now, but um, I didn't understand that because I'm just like, say what you are. You know, like, if, you, if you're going to be something, like, be that. Uh, yeah, but that's really hard. 
It is. You mean as an adult to like kind of pick what you're going to be? I feel like saying, saying what you are and just being who you are is something that we all struggle with every day. Oh God. Yeah. Sorry, my life. Welcome yeah. to it. I feel like I'm a cafeteria person. <laughs> <laughs> Not cafeteria worker. Respect to cafeteria workers. But sometimes I feel like I just pick and choose what I'm going to be today because it's easier to like put on a mask than it is to really be true to yourself. Yeah. Definitely. What but, you mentioned your mom's religion? What what was she? So she grew up as Jehovah Witness and went through a trauma when she was about seven and went to her parents and all they, you know, really wanted to do was like hide from it and not acknowledge it and tell her that, you know, that's not what happened. And you know, she could not color a Santa Claus. All she wanted to do in grade school was color Santa Claus and back then in the 70s if you didn't do the Pledge of Allegiance that was very taboo you know you had teachers who treated you differently and uh, it all trickles from the top so when the teachers would treat her differently then of course she was treated differently by her peers so that really followed her her whole life and she always felt outsided and and not like she could really be who she was so at 18 she decided that you know she was leaving and she was not going to be there anymore and, and she got disfellowshipped and she went to disfellowship basically just means that you go in front of oh god what do they call them the men who sit like a board it, it's like a board it's like a board it's oh, like god. a religion board yes i can't remember like a religion board of directors exactly and so she got disfellowship she moved to lafayette and then um you know in that decision she was like i'm never gonna have my kids be in that religion and so that ostracized us because when you're disfellowshipped your family's not allowed to talk to you you're ounced by the people that you know, they kind of, they built this community and you're surrounded by people because you're not supposed to have other friends who aren't Jehovah Witnesses, just not allowed. Gotcha. So she had nobody. And um, she met her first husband and had my sister, who's eight years older than me. And so that kind of started her journey, you know, out of the religion. Wow. That's heavy duty. Yeah. And so you weren't raised with any religion, really? A specific religion, yes and no. I mean, I remember, you know, because, like, it's hard whenever you're in a disfellowship Jehovah Witness, you want to be accepted. So my mother wanted approval from her mother, you know, so she would bring us over and she wanted us to have a relationship with her is what she wanted. So she had to like teeter the fence of like being in and being out. Like, you know, I'm thinking about going, but I'm not going to commit. But then they give you a deadline to commit. And if you don't uphold that, then you're like, okay, don't talk to her. Like, you know. Oh, wow. So she played, we played that game little. And I remember being like going to the kingdom hall and like, you know, knowing what we were doing. Like I knew at like five what the game was. And so I personally chose to be involved in the non-denominational church because in Salt Ferry, you're in a very rural area. Church is, you know, the one thing that they kind of help you you know I was a 
a poor kid. My dad liked to call us lower middle class. <laughs> so, and he had addiction problems, you know, and, and still does, but we didn't have food. You know, we, I remember we would have ramen noodles all the time. So the church, I remember going to the church and they came, there was like six people came from the grocery store, like filled our house with like milk and cereal and, and, um, you know, meats for my dad to cook, canned vegetables, tons of canned vegetables. And they just came in like $200 worth of groceries. So that was really a lifeline for me. It was a community. Yeah, literally. Yeah, it was a community that I, because I, I too felt ostracized. Um, and now looking back, like I don't know if it was a choice. I think it was more of a choice that I made because it was a comfortable, I was used to feeling that way. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to change if if what you know is what you know. Right. And that's safe in some weird way, even if it's not comfortable at all. Well, one thing you should know, Erica, about Leo's <laughs> is that we can be in uncomfortable situations for a long time. That's not, that is very true. I know that's true for me is like, I find myself, I've stayed in very, very uncomfortable situations for very long periods of time. I wonder if that's true for all Leos. Don't speak for all Leos, Chloe. Hashtag all Leos. Hashtag just me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to switch it up a little bit. Okay. Um, how do we know one another? Do you want to tell them or should I tell them? I want to see what your story starts like. You go ahead. Well, for the sake of our podcast, <laughs> we'll keep this vague. <laughs> um, but... Uh, basically, we are connected through a web of really crazy connections where my neighbor's friend was your brother's girlfriend. And so you started coming around my house mm -hmm. and by means of like four degrees of separation, we became friends. See, what you forgot to mention too was that I met your roommate first. Oh, yeah. And so I met her, and then you kind of got an earful of me being um, as amazing as I am through her. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, you're so amazing. Hashtag humble life. <laughs> so, <laughs> but <clears throat> when we met, something for me that, and, and I know I've told you this a long time, but instantly we had a very quick, deep bond. There was never any hiding. There was never any lying. Um, I think we felt super connected since a moment, like maybe not the exact moment, but once we were able to be alone, felt like the universe was coming together for me at that point, And I was allowing it. And then you came into my life. And so we met Kind of in a way that feels like we shouldn't have met at all. I know. But we were supposed to meet. Right. And I'm so glad we did. We all know life is a roller coaster, but at least you have a... Buddy on the, a bu the ride. Yes. <laughs> a buddy on the shitty, scary ride. <laughs> the one that's all wooden and just, like you're like... Oh. Yeah, and you're just there with your arms up like, we're not going to die. We're not going to die. We're not going to die. We're totally going to die. We're going to die. 
life. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, but that's what makes life beautiful, right? Almost dying. Oh, yeah. Love it. <laughs> love it. Um, so you read me a letter recently that you wrote to yourself. Um, do you want to tell everybody a little bit about it? Yeah, definitely. So when you released the podcast, we had been kind of talking about this for over a year now whenever you lived on Esplanade Avenue. Shh, don't tell people that it's been that long that I've been planning this. <laughs> and you had the, you got the video recorder, remember? And we're like coming up with all these ideas. Even your sister chimed in and we're spitfiring all these things. And um, now, whenever you were like going from there and then a couple of days ago when you launched it and you kind of just, you know, mentioned it to me briefly and then just like went like... like Capricorn told me. And I was like, whoa. And when I read it, of course, I got super involved and kind of went down the rabbit hole that you do when um, you're passionate about something. And so when I was reading everything and I, I got to your letter about grief, and I think the cool thing about the website and the letters are like the insert name part because when you like, replace that with you then it's like you recognize that this is you like of course it's you writing it but then it feels so personal to me and it felt like me talking to me that it inspired me because I've been having kind of a rough week and um so I got inspired and I I wrote this letter it basically starts off with like dear self and I you know have written letters throughout my life dear self just as inspiration I thought it was really cool that you put insert name I thought that was so cool and I was just talking about um being little and what I really wanted because there's so many things you want you want to be an astronaut you know I feel like every kid wants to be an astronaut I want it to be a fireman I want it to a fire woman no you wanted to be a fireman I wanted to be a fireman yeah yeah um <laughs> but I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to be this big movie star. I wanted to have that big loft. You know, all the all the things I wanted um, were just so big. There are all these big things. But the one thing that I wanted more than anything, more than all of those things, was to be grown up. And I just remember being like, when I grow up, everything's going to be better, you know, I'll have, everything's just going to make sense, I'll have everything that I know I want or I think I want, and I'm not going to have to, like, depend on anybody, you know, I think you said it great the other day, you were just like, you want that independence, and that was a great way, that's a great way to put it, because I think that's what I saw, and, um, basically, uh, what I was talking about in the letter to the to the self was that you know whenever you are a grown up it doesn't get magically easier or better or even happier but if anything it becomes more challenging and the idea of happiness just seems you seem to chase it and it gets further and further away but then i talk about realizing that it's a choice and that happiness is a choice and like and really anything we feel is a choice and You'll hear, like, if you get into psychology books or, like, hear people talking about what the ideal of self is, is that nothing is real. Like, they'll say that, like, nothing is real. Like, you, who you think you are is not, you know, like, 
you don't have to be that person. And I really pondered on that for a while because I'm like, I am myself, right? Like I love, I love myself now. And none of this is real. None of this is real. It's all an illusion. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I dreaming right now? (laughs) Totally. Ow, you really pinched me. (laughs) But so when I thought about, when I thought about that, like, you know, yourself really isn't yourself. It's who you have, um, all the, all the things that you've chosen to be and you don't have to choose to be those things. And I'm like, what do you mean? You don't have to choose to be those things. Like, this is who I am. Like I went through all of this, but really what it boils down to is you can change it and the power is yours. And, um, surrendering that, that baggage that keeps you held down and keeps you full of fear. So, um, that's basically what it is. I'll read you one part. Um, right here, it says, if only, this is what I said to myself whenever I was little, um, you used to say to yourself, if only I was a grown-up, everything would be better. I'll be happier when I'm a grown-up. I wish I was a grown-up. Well, honey, adulting is a soup and you are a fork. And I have to remember that. Like, being an adult is a hard you know, late to swim. It's this Mississippi River, if you will. Oh, God. It's a terrible analogy. <laughs> full of pollution. <laughs> Adulthood is full of pollution and dead bodies. And whirlpools. <laughs> yes. Yes. But, you know, I'm glad to have been able to write that and you inspired that. So thank you, Erica. I'm so glad. So um, you said that joy is a choice. How do you choose yeah. joy on a daily basis? Oh, okay. So that's that's a heavy question because I've been going through a little lack of motivation lately. I've changed a lot of things that I've done in the past year. So change is hard. And, um, you know, for me personally, what choosing joy looks like is being grateful and recognizing the things that I do have and so those are you know those are the things I do of like having to be like okay well yeah I'm in traffic traffic sucks and these people are are not being the nicest right now and horns are going but if I'm in traffic that means I have a car and if I have a car that means I have car insurance and to have car insurance that means I need to be able to pay it so I have a job. To have a job means that I can, you know, have an apartment. So I have a roof over my head. I have food. I have a bed. So it comes into, it trickles to all these things of like having joy is just remembering all the things that you have. And I might not necessarily be quote unquote happy in that moment, but to know all the things that you have brings me joy and give allows me to be grateful and humbled by that right so you essentially like operate in a web of gratitude right try to connect all your dots yeah all the time all the time and to remember that I'm not by myself I have a bunch of friends dear dear friends who I love is something that you know also gives me gratitude remains allows me to remain in the in this state of gratitude and um just joy 
of knowing that, you know. So would you say that that's how you stay present or is that a different thing? It's a connected to that. Um, I think for me staying present, I have to like surrender because I'm a person who for a very, very long time I lived either way, way in the past, which I identify as harping or I lived way, way in the future and like future tripped about everything. So, and I, sometimes I catch myself being in those spaces. So what I have to do is I have to surrender those. I have to give it up and I have to be like, okay, well, you know, you feel this and that's okay. And I acknowledge that I feel that way. However, we're not going to stay here because what does that serve you? Um, and just kind of surrender that up. And then for me too, like being out in nature really allows me to be present and like connecting to animals and to people and to insects. Like I know some people are like, oh, insects. Like for me, all life forms are amazing and magical. And, you know, I respect a leaf. You know, you've seen me. Like I, re- I love It takes so much, you know, we're such miracles and I have to remember that it took so many things to line up just the way it did to make me, me and to make you, you. And for that, I'm grateful for. And in those moments when I realized that I'm really am not in the past or in the future, I'm here and now. And then when I, when I breathe and I am able to stop and inhale and exhale, I just allow myself to feel where I am and, like, be in my surroundings. That's beautiful. Thank you. Um, we're going to do a quick spitfire round. Okay. What are three words that describe you in an affirming way to yourself? I would definitely describe myself as considerate. Um, I would say I'm loving and fun. You really are. You're all of those things. It's totally true. Not lies over here, folks. Not lies. Keeping Um, it real. Keeping it real. Um, And the only other thing that I want to ask you about before we move into a closing is you listen to music. Oh, God, I love music. All the time. <laughs> I do. So much. <laughs> yeah. And it really inspires you. Yes. But lately, you've been listening to a couple of artists who you just introduced me to, yeah. who I've become totally obsessed with. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know why you're so obsessed with Ravina. Okay. This is a great question. Okay. So this is how I found Ravina. I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about keeping yourself open and not trying not to listen to the same music all the time. And I was like, you know, that's a really cool thought because you get so consumed in the things that you love and you want to, if you're like anything like me, you want to repeat it and repeat it. So I kind of was like, you know what, I'm going to try this. So I went on kind of a week streak of not listening to the same song twice And um, I came across, I don't even remember what I was listening to that 
led me to to find Ravina, but I came across her album Lucid. And uh, oh, you know what it was? I was watching NPR. I was watching NPR Tiny Desk concert of some artist, and the next episode played. And it was Ravina. And the first thing that it started with, because you get to see the whole video, she had like rainbows and flowers and like dreamy stuff all in this tiny office, like just behind her and her band was shoved in there and like tie dye. And she was like fabulous with, you know, all these jewels on her face. And at first I was like, oh, is this a little much? Like, I don't know what we're getting into here. And then when she opened, she was like, hey, you know, I just want to let you guys know that this is a safe space. You know, you are allowed to be who you are and be comfortable and forget about all the things bad happened to you. And she started with her song, Honey, which is really beautiful. And they sing like she does three other songs after that because it's about 15 minutes. And then I just... I got, um, then that's when I went to the Lucid album, which, by the way, is amazing. Did you listen to it from start to finish? No. It's amazing. So Lucid describes a dream, right? Mm -hmm. Lucid dreaming. Lucid dreaming. This album literally feels like a dream. It feels like the whole thing feels like this just like fancy dream, just very soothing, and you go through stages with her through it. And that's really why I love her so much because she talks about not being afraid of being who you are. What has happened to you makes you stronger. That's one of my favorite strong songs is Stronger. And, um, you know, she speaks to the LBGTQIA community, which I thought was really amazing, and she, you know, also integrates her Indian heritage into that, so it's just very beautiful. I, you know... You got a girl crush. I got a girl crush, yep. Hardcore. Yeah, I love her. Yep. Ravina, shout out if you're out there. You're my girl. If you're listening, just go ahead and share this real quick. (laughs) Feel free. To all of your followers, we'll link all of your music in the bio. So... Is there anything else you would like to say to the viewers before we hang up? Yeah. Um, first, to you, I want to say thank you so much. I feel like I've been a little breathy, but I appreciate you asking me to come out here today and be your first star. Forever and ever, you will be the first <laughs> Leo Affirmation Nation. Yay! Hashtag go all Leos. We have the best birthday month ever. Um, But I think one thing that I need to hear daily is that connection is key. You know, and if you're someone who gets very used to like, isolation or maybe you're an introvert or maybe you're an extrovert and you're not connected connection changes your life and it just takes the simple choice and the simple action of to reach out and to not be so into self and I think a lot of that comes from fear but I will tell you through my 28 years of life one thing that 
She I, says as if 28 years is so long. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I know I can feel that way. It, it feels like a thousand years. I know. But for anyone who's listening who's like, you know, my parents' age, please don't make fun of us for feeling like we're old. Because sometimes 28 feels really old. Look, we're in a society today that has sped up age. I'm going to just say that right now. That's true. The new generation. Yeah, seven-year-olds look like, like they're 20. They're 20. Totally. They're With seven. Like eyelash extensions. Who are they? They're doing their thing. <laughs> That's all, that and that brings me to what I'm what I want to say is like through the fear I promise you through the fear is growth. That's where I find the most growth is the moment that I don't want to do something or the moment that I recognize I have some kind of fear and I walk through that fear whatever that looks like if that looks like me reaching out and expressing it if that looks like me um doing something I absolutely don't want to do it takes the power away. And, you know, if you don't want to do it alone or like you don't want to go through it alone, you don't have to. You don't have to. Just reach out. Chloe, thank you so much for being here. I love you so much. I'm so glad that you were my first guest. And I'm so glad that I don't have to do this life without you. You're welcome. I love you too, Erica. Thank you so much. A huge shout out again to Chloe for agreeing to be our very first inspiring, honest, and totally vulnerable guest on the I Love You Insert Name podcast. All of our episodes are available on SoundCloud and through our website, ilyinsertname.com. If you'd like to read our blog, you can find daily posts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at our handle, ilyinsertname. Thanks for tuning in and congrats for taking a step to affirm your own life today. Until later, remember, you exist, you matter, and I love you.